Thanks, Sarah. So most of you know that at this time of the year, um, as we celebrate Advent, you know I love Advent's one of my sort of favorite seasons. It just makes this whole sort of meaning and period of Christmas, like five weeks instead of sort of, you know, just one service. But the amazing thing as well is that we get to just read and reflect on themes and passages that have been shared around the world. So I quite intentionally like to read the Psalms, the prophets, the Gospels that are being read all around the world because over these four weeks, and I mean, this is our, our last Sunday of Advent before Christmas, it just stirs the same theme, the same expectation that the church is praying and longing for at this time. So I've said it before, but there's, you know, it's only recently that there's these similar themes of faith, hope, love, and joy. It was, that wasn't right you know, back in the early church, but right from the beginning, the, the kind of overall theme is hope. And interestingly, I read a uh, quote by one of my um, favorite German uh, theologians who said, he said, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, he said, but hope biblically is so powerful. Hope is a command. We are called to hope because of what God promises in his words. That's much more powerful, much deeper, um, much more significant than, than I think often the, maybe the thin word of hope that the world understands. We hope for what God has promised, for what God has already put in place through the coming of his son and for what he will fulfill in the future. So let's hear, so we're going to listen to um, just another scripture in Isaiah, and um, then before I share the other passage from Matthew, we're just going to have some reflections on just praying at this time, but I'll introduce that in a moment. So yeah, Shirley's going to come and read the Isaiah passage for us. Thanks, Shirley. Okay, so this is from Isaiah 7 and verse 10. So it's King Ahaz is in a bit of a tight spot because there are two other kings coming to invade Judah. And um, Isaiah speaks to him. Well, so does God. Okay, so it starts off, uh, verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread 
will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. So I want to continue this morning and I plan just to share briefly this morning, um, just again around one of the other passages and, and just quite conscious that you know, this overriding theme of Advent is hope, but joy and love and peace. And, and yet, like as I've been thinking of our country the whole week, those are like, whether it's Advent or whatever, that's been a huge one for us this week. So, yeah, we had, um, we had an interesting week. Um, we had a, a substation at quarter light down the road from us, which caused a 30-hour outage on Monday. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, we had another downpour. We had those massive rains. You guys missed that last week. We had like a hailstorm that I possibly haven't seen in my life in Johannesburg. It was kind of one of those like, you know, top three, um, depending where you live. And then on, on, and our house was fine. It'd be good to know, Roger, Patty, everyone was cool. But then in an old, like, section of um, the house on Wednesday, we had this downpour that just flooded the roof, like, out of nowhere completely. And I, I sat there and I was, I was saying to someone, I said, you know, I'm preaching on this thing of, like, sustainable rhythms and rest and peace. And Lord, it would be nice if we could just, like, have a break from some of this stuff. So sometimes... It's almost like, you know, you're reminded that these things like work on so many levels. I need in my life, in, in just internally, peace and hope and joy and love at this time. But around me and around me and around me and, you know, and it just goes all the way out, all the way up to the Ukraine or however far you want to go. These are these themes and tensions that we're holding for our world. And so in actual fact, the, the one theme that feeds into this morning is love as well, but I'm connecting it with hope. So let me just read to you the gospel passage, which is a beautiful passage this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25 it's about Joseph and just accepting what is happening with Mary and his son. So in verse 18, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I always love that story because you can imagine her family Joseph, Joseph's family, the village, they're like, you're yeah, right. You're not the first person who said, I don't know how that happened. You know, maybe it was God. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, 
an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Amazing, no one believed Mary, not even Joseph. Who would have, you know? He was dancing to that song. What's that shaggy song? It wasn't me. You know, it's like, and but the angel says, it is, it's the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Amazing. All this to, took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Some of my most favorite readings in Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, in the beginning of Isaiah is just this expectation and that's why we read it this morning. This expectation, the stirring, it's like getting the juices going. Our world is in crisis. You know, the prophets wrote in a time of turmoil and devastation. I mean, many of them, they were writing, like all of them, from a time of anticipating invasion and exile. Ezekiel writing from a place of exile. So, the word that comes to us and the word of hope and the word of encouragement, in their context, it wasn't like, well, you know, everyone was living in Jerusalem. We were the most powerful nation in the world. We had electricity and peace and hope and everything like that. No. It was dismal. And yet, God speaks this word of hope. And the key word of hope is like, I will send my Messiah. And it, it's so true. The Jews didn't always associate Messiah with God's son. And there's all kinds of tensions throughout. They were expecting God's Messiah. What we come to realize now, God's Messiah was God himself, the son of God. And Isaiah and Matthew remind us, he has a name. And his name is Emmanuel. God with us. Which at that, at that time was quite an encouragement. I'm thinking, given the week that I had, it's still encouraging. And the encouragement we need at this time is to hear that God has sent his son into our world and his name is Emmanuel. Well, and Jesus and Messiah and Son of God and all that thing. But Emmanuel is God who is with us. So the overriding themes of this Isaiah passage, all the Isaiah passages, this Matthew passage. And you know, can I just, and Tissam Hucky's there. Um, I say this every year, but 
just a, you know, a little punt for um, your version of the Bible that you're reading, whether it's on your phone or your, and, and I, you know, in, in light of what I've been sharing the last few, throw this away or this and pick up a Bible that has pages. Um, it helps me because then I don't get distracted. So it might help you. Problem is when I read my Bible on my iPad, if it's connected to any, you know, um, Wi-Fi or anything, then I just want to check what's happening on Twitter or what's happening with my girls or things like that. But if you can just pick up a text and read and say, well, you know what? I think today I'll read Isaiah. I think tomorrow I'll read Jeremiah. And maybe in the afternoons I'll just read all the Gospels. Um, yeah. And you know, so it's, it's a funny thing. It's actually quite a funny thing, but I mean, that's what, at a, a Vineyard National Conference, when um, they asked, and I've shared this many times, Dallas Willard said that. He said, why don't you just read the New Testament this week? It's not long. It'll take you a week. Just read a bit in the day. <laughs> I saw that. coming. And, you know, so if you spend some time in the day reading... You could read the New Testament this week. It might encourage you more than, what are some of our family watching? Grey's Anatomy or <laughs> like whatever it is. So anyhow, that's just an intestine huckies. But these big themes that we read, Matthew and Isaiah, is in actual fact, God with us because God loves us. God so loved his world, the entire world. God loves his world. God loves his people. God loves his creation. He hasn't given up on us. I often do. You know, during the week and things like that. It's like we often just like, ah. You know, genoegheid. Sort of another word, but I wouldn't share that one. But it's like God says to us, he has hope. He loves his world. He loves his people. And because he loves us, his plan will find fulfillment. And his plan was Jesus. And so that's my insistence on sharing this. It had nothing to do with load shedding and candles this year. It has to do with every year that this theme is a crucial one for us. The world thinks it's about Christmas and it's about New Year. This is a, it's an important time in the calendar. Businesses close, people go away. So Christmas is a holiday and between Christmas and New Year, there's a break, holiday season, etc. And Advent insists, no. That's not what it's about. It is about God's promise to see his plan for his world find complete fulfillment. So it is about hope. Biblical promise of hope. And it is about his love that we say with Paul has been shed abroad in our hearts. And 
God, there's so many more hearts that need to experience his love. And so at this time, as we contemplate God's plan for his world, the fulfillment of his plan, as we pray for our world, for our families, for our neighborhood, for ourselves, we're saying, Lord, thank you for your love, your plan, your overwhelming plan of love. Let it find fulfillment. And as you have had a taste of it, so there are others that need a taste before the final plan is wrapped up. So the plan is in place. The plan is in action. You know me. There are often times I've prayed and said, you surely isn't another plan. This is it. <laughs> this is his, his plan is his son. And so we're saying, I say it like this, God's promise is God with us, Emmanuel. God in us. God for us. We sing this. God immersing us in his son. God surrounding us. God with us. And that's his plan for the world and for those in the world that have no clue about the plan. So I want to end this morning and just ask you, and then we're going to pray. Where do we need God? God with us. God in us. Where? It's like, so I think, if you like me, I'm going, God, come again in the midst of, you know, just to be silly, a roof I didn't expect to be leaking. You know, in the midst of the frustration of, like, the whole year, God, when everyone's working, it had to be this week, when all the builders go away. You know, that kind of like, it's just a minor, I say it's a minor thing, but it was like, yeah, well, he wasn't doing so well on Wednesday. But, 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 you know, so, more importantly, those, at least someone's got power. Those, those conflicts, those frustrations, those places in your heart that you realize, I need more of God, I need God with me. But as we said just now, it's like in our nation at this time. So where, where do you want to pray? God, would you come and be present? And maybe the Lord is putting on your heart, maybe there's people around the world or other circumstances that you're aware of that I'm not conscious to me, but that's, that's what the Holy Spirit might be prompting you. 
And then as we prayed, this is a big one for me, and I know Anne said as we prayed, it's for us every year, is as we come to Christmas, there are people close to us that are, they've given up hope. They don't see the point of Jesus, of the Messiah. And you know, we could care less whether they go to church or not. It's not like which church or, you know, it's like, do you know that this is what we're celebrating? It's Jesus. He came into the world to be the salvation of the world. Do you know that? And so I'm always conscious with many of you of those in our lives that don't share that hope. 